All right. Take two, Corey Walls. Take two. On this, We're back uh, at it again. On this Friday, the 13th edition, May 13th, to be exact, of Libservative. You have to forgive us. I'm on vacation. I've been drunk for three days. Corey's been drunk for three days just because he's at home. We're just going to chalk it up to just bad luck on the 13th. <laughs> Dan's been drunk for three days on vacation. I'm that, not on vacation. I've just been drunk. I think our show is perfect for uh, describing the scariness of the world here on Friday the 13th. I'm coming to you from uh, wine and cherry country here in, in uh, northern Michigan. Good old TC. It's been unseasonably, unseasonably warm. Wish that would shut up. Uh, yeah, so I'm, we're, we're, there might be some hiccups. We're dealing with a you know a different setup here. But as always, he's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. And you know what? I got a little PSA for the women out there. Just so you know, ladies, mansplaining is short for men explaining. <laughs> is that what we just did? Yeah. <laughs> I'm even I, I can't smoke cigars at in the studio at home because it's in the house. So but I know, look at you. I'm outside on an enclosed deck here, so I'm gonna enjoy this nice uh, southern draw while we're doing the show. I hope I hope nobody minds. I mean I hope I hope the uh, I hope the FDA isn't planning on uh, getting rid of pre- that's not menthol, is it Dan? It's no there's no menthol. <laughs> and real quick before we get started, uh Make sure to like, follow, and share the podcast. Uh, Libservative Podcast is found on all of your social media and podcast platforms. We are on YouTube at Libservative Pod. I think it's just Libservative on pod, on YouTube. I don't know why I started off with that one. You'll find it. It's been a struggle. Yep. <laughs> we are on Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. We're on Facebook at Libservative. We're on Twitch at Libservative Pod. And you want to reach out to us directly, it's libservativepod at gmail.com. And we are on TikTok. And I have been slacking like a motherfucker. I'm making videos, but that is at Libservative Podcast. Me too. Like, follow but- and share. Make sure to give us some ratings. It helps us boost our numbers up and so more people can listen to this craziness that you're listening to. <sighs> I've been slacking too, but I've, again, I've been drunk for three days. It's been, and we were just talking about this before the show started. I, every time I do this to myself, every single fucking time I go on vacation, I'm always I'm super excited because the dog's packed up. I want to play some golf. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke a, a, a 50,000 cigars. I'm going to relax, and I'm going to come back from vacation refreshed. But what happens is I drink myself into some into, the, into a stupor that makes me more fucking exhausted by the time I get home from my vacation. I still have three days left, I think, or something like that. You lose track of days as well, but I think I'm going to be goddamn exhausted by the time I get home. I'm not going to be ready to go back to work. But you're going to have to because that's the American dream, Dan. Yeah, just ask the Amazon workers. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely love they absolutely love their job they love uh, their american dream we were going to start with a little sloppy seconds here this evening Corey walsh because we, we we got some some comments from some listeners last week when it came to our very uh sloppy uh explanation of what codifying a law means as we talked about roe last week and also what roe actually represents as legal legal precedent right yeah yeah you know we got thrown off and we kind of answered the question in some marble mouthed fucking <laughs> sloppy ass answer because he's probably not going to get any better but we're going to try right yeah he so one of our new listeners his name is marcus we were talking about how the democrats had the chance to codify roe versus wade countless times and take it away from it just being a ruling by the supreme court and make it an actual law and he said well couldn't they couldn't the gop just repeal that law and yes they could and this, I guess this is where the answer is. I, want, I wish that I said last week that, okay, so based on what we have now, the the, uh, the procedures and everything that we have now, that if it got passed and codified, which it could have, then what the GOP would have to do now to overturn that is face a court and get a supermajority to repeal it, which would be faced with filibusters. And then they would have to, so they would have to find a super majority in the court to oversee a filibuster to create a new amendment that in a situation that we're talking about, which is at this point hypothetical, they'd have to create an amendment to supersede a previous amendment that would have codified Roe v. Wade. And then they would have had to create this amendment and then jump through hoops facing a filibuster 
ha- actually having doing all the groundwork to get representatives to hold a majority in both the Congress and which means the Senate and the, the Rep- House of Representatives. And then it would also have to get to a president where a president who has veto power was also aligned with their viewing to actually veto this bill. So, so very, very, very similar to the how um, prohibition was was done away with. There was an amendment that made prohibition a thing, made booze illegal, and they there had to be another amendment to basically make that amendment null and void. And we're talking right. that obviously at, at a, a federal scale and, and with the Constitution and whatnot. But that's that's a similar thing, right? And so it just it would be a lot like so. Yes, in theory, it could be repealed, but you'd have to do a lot more legwork which our brand, legislative branch is known to not do. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, have to do, we, have to do we have to do work? We don't just yeah. have to virtue signal this time? They'd have to do it, which actually goes into the next conversation we're going to have uh, about Alito's opinion that was leaked. And uh, yeah, we'd have to, they'd have to do a lot more legwork. And, ha- and instead of just uh, electing one president who gets to appoint judges – who are unelected officials based on our representative democracy that make these decisions that it's a lot easier to just overturn a precedence like this than it would be if it was a codified law. And does that make more sense? Is that a little bit more? It's less? an extra. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge extra hurdle that the GOP would have to go. Through. Yeah. Yeah. So they could do it, but like, it's a hell of a lot harder to go through all the legislation, which, which is by design. As to where, so I guess, I guess a, a simpler way to put it really is that with the way Roe is now as precedent, the Supreme Court gets to make the decision on its own. As to where, if it was a codified law, we would be looking at many more hoops that have to be jumped through by right. other branches of government to repeal Roe if it were actually codified law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where right now, uh, it's just a ruling by the Supreme Court. Yeah. To whereas it would be a law that the Supreme Court would have to interpret. So again, if you're one of those folks that's out there talking about how evil the Republicans are, and you know, in certain ways they are, I agree. However, yeah, there's no disagreement. They base they just they just they did exactly what they said they were trying to do for the last 50 years. If you want to put the blame on somebody, blame the Democrats for not codifying this law because and they could have, because they could have, and I'd be cool with it. I've said and this it is once. coming from two people who are pro-choice, but you know what, Dan? I don't know if you're in agreement on me with this, but as I've been reading into Roe v. Wade, it's kind of trash. Is that a hot take? Can you be pro-choice? It's, it's, can you be pro-choice and anti Roe v. Wade? You can. I I think you absolutely, I think you absolutely can. It's a, it's because it it is a flimsy law. I mean, and it's a lot and it's such a precedent. So us as being like 30 year olds, we've just grown up with it. So like, the law of the land has just been, yeah, if a woman needs an abortion, they can get an abortion. So we've gotten comfortable with it, especially for people like you and I who are younger, who don't know a world without it. Yeah. And then it's just something that just seemed like, well, that's just a thing. And we've seen bad precedents overturned, you know, multiple times. Oh yeah. Yeah. No precedence isn't law. Everyone says, but this is like, everyone's in outrage saying, well, this is precedence, you know, like you can't just overturn precedence, but you know what? You know what also is pre- you know what also was precedence at one time, Dan? Plessy uh, versus Ferguson. I was I was yeah, I was gonna say um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Splitting up black kids and white kids in school. Yeah, separate but equal. <laughs> yeah, Plessy versus Ferguson. Ferguson. That's what I was looking for. And then guess what? That was precedence for like 20, 30, it might even have been like roughly 50 years. Yeah, that was done in the nineteen teens. Segregation. Why couldn't 60s. I think of that word? Why couldn't I think of the segregation? Word? Yeah, <laughs> separate but equal. And guess what? Overdid that precedence was Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. So precedent, like right now, precedence being overturned isn't going in the favor of any of us who would think body autonomy is body autonomy. But precedence is just that. It's 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 just what's interpreted based on rulings in the law, and that it should have absolutely been codified, and they had the chance to do it. But instead, they decided to just string along the the voters, vote blue versus who, because guess what? If you let those dirty Republicans win, then they're just going to overturn fucking Roe v. Wade. Yeah, you know what's you know. But we're not going to make it a law because if we do, then that's just one thing that you guys aren't going to vote for us for. You know what's so funny is like, have you ever gotten shit for 
playing the both sides ism game. You ever gotten shit for that? Kind of. But when someone tells you that, I just basically I was like, yeah, well, then you're just not ready for this conversation. Well, yeah, you just you just well, you don't want to pick a side. You're right. To me, like maybe this is a hot take. I think both sides is a is a is is a good thing. It's also called nuance. Yeah. And you you were dealing with both so much. You were dealing with so much both sides ism with when when it when it comes to opinions on row, because I think the reason that the GOP has wanted to repeal this for so long is it's, it's for a voter base, right? To me, I don't think they actually give a shit. I really don't think they actually give a shit whether How many of those Republican senators and congressmen do you think are on the sly or getting abortions taken care of? I mean, how you asked me to give you a percentage? Well, because Cawthorn mentioned something anywhere near that, and they're now they're just throwing him out to the fucking wolves. Well, we both let him go of his wheelchair on top of a hill and say, "Get the fuck out of here." We both know Bristol Palin didn't have an abortion, (laughs) (laughs) and she maybe she should have. Oh, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I'm on vacation. I can say what I want. (laughs) Hey, I'm on vacation. He's on vacation from his problems. So that's it. I mean, I, I hope that was a, a better explanation. Mm. Ju- Judge Corey helping us. Yeah, uh, real quick, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask you what you're drinking. I am drinking uh, Whistle Pig Rye Tenure. Ooh, nice. And then I have a nice uh, Centennial IPA uh, from Founders. It is. Uh, it's actually stronger than I thought. I've been drinking them all week. I was like, this is only like four percent. I finally looked at the can this morning. I was like, holy shit, it's a seven and a half percent. No wonder. <laughs> I'm a bomb for three days. <laughs> I'm drinking some. Uh, you know, this might be a callback. I think I brought this up on the show before. At, uh, Third Win Bourbon. Is that a Scottish flag on the on the front of that bottle? I think yeah, it's like a Scottish flag, and it's also like looks. I think it's like a. I forget what the flag stands for, but it's also like a uh, a naval flag, and it means something, but I forget. But it's actually a a, a bourbon made here in Michigan. Which technically doesn't make it a bourbon. I get it for all of our very uh, legalistic bourbon drinkers out there, but it's a damn good bourbon. It's the best bourbon. It's the only bourbon to drink. I would say it's the best bourbon made in Michigan. (laughs) Maybe not Kentucky. He's got a great memory, this guy. Thanks, man. That didn't come through. I heard it. Let's try it again. He's got a great memory, this guy. I heard it. The first time and the second time. Thanks, Don. Thanks. It was a little quiet on my end. However, uh, I actually, I we wanted to take an opportunity today because I feel like we have shit on liberals a lot in recent weeks. Yes, Very true. And before we get away from it, I do. I I said something really quick that I want to elaborate on. Oh, go I for said it. That that uh, I'm kind of against Roe v. Wade. Ah, yeah. Let's. Yeah, that's let's, a that's a big hot take. So I need to elaborate on this yeah, let's for our leftist listeners. We are, gonna, but here's before you do that. I'll, 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 to set this up, I'm just going to say we're going to shit on the GOP tonight. We're going to shit on them hard. <laughs> so go ahead, yeah. Corey. Yeah, no, yeah, no. So I'm going to start off by saying I'm 100 pro-choice. Body autonomy is body autonomy. I thought of a lot of our Republican friends really got this idea when vaccine mandates were being floated around. I really thought that a lot of eyes were opened about this. But pro-choice and Roe v. Wade, you know, they, they're they relatable, but they're not. Uh, um, they don't uh, have to be synonymous. They don't, they're, yeah, they're not synonymous. That's the word I'm looking for. They're not. Uh, they don't have to be like with each other. Roe v. Wade is actually like when you dive into it, Roe v. Wade is actually a very flimsy law or very flimsy precedence as evidenced by the fact that right now we're talking about just stripping away the rights of millions of women in our country, just like that. Right. Right. So Roe v. Wade, the precedence was set on the ninth amendment, which basically says that the federal law can no federal law, like no federal law can be made that uh, infringes on the rights of people's personal lives, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In, in, in interpretation based on Roe v. Wade. And then the other one that's floated around is the 14th Amendment, which was made after the Civil War, which says that states can't infringe on people's personal liberties, life, and pursuit of happiness without due process. Now, those that term right there, without due process, is important. 
So these two are the the two amendments that are floated that are supposed to back Roe v. Wade, but Roe v. Wade itself, when we talk about the Ninth Amendment, there was no federal law against abortion. When the Fourteenth Amendment was made, I think almost all of the states already had laws about abortion. So federal law had nothing to do with it at that point. So then you have to go, oh, well, it was the 14th Amendment that the states can't do this, right? Well, due process is the process of going through the whole legal legwork of legislation, the judicial work, and things like that, going and having rulings and courts and things like that. So if a state goes through all of that and actually makes a law that infringes on the rights of women, then that is due process. So when somebody comes in and then goes or when so when the government comes in and goes through the the lengths of due process and actually says well we're going to do this you know like just uh put any sort of infringement on abortion then they're following the rules of the 14th amendment so Roe v Wade based on the precedent of the 9th amendment and the 14th amendment is a very 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 weak argument to to the point where to the point where you have people that are 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 pro row and they will say things like, "Well, we don't know exactly where it is in the ninth or fourteenth amendment." And that's almost, but we, but we know it's in there, dude. That's almost in the opinion. Yeah. Oh, is it's, it? That's okay. almost yeah. like what the opinion says. Like, it's not explicitly mentioned. And then when people talk about it, they just they casually mention the fourteenth or the ninth because they're not exactly sure. And it's just, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty wild that it's lasted this long. And that's because we've had a liberal leaning court that they kind of just didn't really look into it. But now we have a, 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 a conservative leaning court and they're saying, no, there's, there's no precedent. Like, there's no, there's no constitutional backing for this. And you know what? They're kind of right. They're and when of, you yeah. actually read Alito's opinion, that's kind of what he says. Well, and that's and, isn't, that, isn't that kind of the bummer about this conversation is is the way that the court has been brought into the culture wars. I was actually just having an argument here the other it's night. It's been pretty it was, apolitical. It was actually it was actually it was actually a really nice debate about, but but it got it got it got shifted over in into just culture war stuff. Like in particular, I was talking about Brett Kavanaugh. Like Brett Kavanaugh is probably not a good dude, right? It sounds like he's probably not a good dude, but my point was like, okay, um, what does him being not a good dude have to do with his ability to interpret the constitution because that's what the Supreme court's supposed to do. I don't like the guy. I wish he had never made the court, but he's there. And I feel like, I feel like so far and Amy Coney Barrett as well. Another, another person I didn't really want to see sitting on this court. I feel like they've done a pretty goddamn decent job of interpreting the constitution, which is their sole fucking purpose. If you're an originalist, so the way they interpret it is definitely very sure uh, it's leaning it's based yeah it's it's leaning but they 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 do such a good job even if you disagree with it of of backing it up right and and so you don't have to that's their job yeah that that that's absolutely their job it's their it's their only it's their only job it's a hard job it's a it's a time consuming job it's a job I don't fucking want but it is their you don't job. think you make a good judge fuck no. Is it egotistical of me to think that I could sit up there and be like, ah, I could do an okay job? Judge Corey Walsh. Judge Corey Walsh. Here he is. The first Irish, the first you, Irishman in the Supreme Court. Well, you do realize maybe order, I don't you, know. Don't quote you, me on that. You do realize in order to sit on the Supreme Court, you have you have to have a law degree from either Yale or Harvard or your I don't think so. Well, apparently right now, yeah, but I don't think you actually have to have a degree. <laughs> uh it's so you look. I mean, I, th- I think Amy, Amy Coney Barrett is the only one that, in, including, uh, um, I'm blanking on her name, Katenji Brown Jackson, the, the the new one coming in. I think Amy Coney Barrett is the only one that does not have an Ivy League law degree. Yeah, I think you're right. She's uh, Notre Dame. She's a Notre Dame girl. Yeah, the Fighting Irish. Which is side note, you know where they got that name from, right? Right. They fought KKK members. <laughs> That's how they're called the Fighting Irish. That's so funny. I love it. I hate Notre Dame because I'm a Michigan fan as a sports teams, but goddamn, hell yeah, that is a badass name to have. <laughs> <laughs> the Fighting Irish. Well, yeah. When is that name going to be considered cultural cultural appropriation? Well, I can right tell there? you. I can tell you as an Irishman, I'm not offended by it, and I and I as a Michigan fan myself, I also don't like Notre Dame. So, uh, but yeah, so you know, like. 
that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like Roe v. Wade sucks because of how flimsy it is. And that we need like, like Jesus Christ, how can we not have a partisan bill that comes out and that just says new amendment, body autonomy is body autonomy and your personal rights are definitely, they may not extend past your body, but they a hundred percent include your body. And this goes for mask man or not, not necessarily even mask mandates. I get public safety, but like vaccines, abortions, right? Fucking hell. Tattoos, prostitution, drugs. Like, I mean, we can get super libertarian into it, but personal rights and personal liberties on your own body. You know what? Like I said before in my monologue last week, I feel like women are smart enough to make this decision for themselves. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm tired of the bullshit arguments that you hear from either side that one that the one percent that either side fixates on, right? And now granted this, I don't want to come off as callous when I talk about the one one percent that the right tries to blast, but there's like roughly one percent of abortions is because of rape and incest. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people fixate on when they say that abortion should be legal. Now, absolutely, for that 1%, they absolutely should be legal. But then on the the flip side of it, like that's one of the biggest arguments why abortion should be legal. They say, well, what about rape and incest? Well, that only makes up like roughly 1% of the actual abortion cases. But then on the flip side, the Democrats go, well, they're using it as a contraceptive. And it's like, well, mm, that's also like 1% because let's be honest, anybody having an abortion at the point of either 15 weeks or 22 you, weeks. You mean, you, mean, do, you mean the Republicans say they're using it as a Yes, case. yes, yes. The Republicans use that 1% as a reason why abortion should be outright banned because people use it as contraceptive. Right, right. And are there shitty people? Absolutely. You know what? And there's actually shitty people involved on both ends of that. The rapists mm-hmm. or people who are deciding to just use abortion as a contraceptive. And I don't want to call them shitty people, but it's like, come on. We have very, very effective contraceptives at this point. The rapist. And that I feel as like in, it's... As, um, in, as in allegedly Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> as in allegedly Brett Kavanaugh. Allegedly Brett yeah. Kavanaugh. Yes. He should, he should be pro-Ro. What is he doing? <laughs> you would think Brett Kavanaugh would be pro-Ro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... And so, like, if we wanted to, like, really talk about it, the rest of it in the middle is based on personal conversations with somebody and their doctor. And I think that women are smart enough to make these decisions for themselves that we don't need big daddy government to tell them that they're dumb and that they have to make that decision for them. Yeah. And, and as we talked about last week and this, this is what we're going to get into where we're shitting on the GOP. Are you ready to, are you ready to get into that part right now? Let's do it. Because, because look, we, we, we've shit on liberals a lot and, and I've explained multiple times. I've, I've, I've explained, I've explained, what do you say? I said, it's because they're in power and we expect more from them. Well, and it's but it's not just that. It's because that's always been my political home, man. I've always I've 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 come from the left. So when the left fucks up, it's a lot easier for me to see. I've explained that multiple times on the show. So if you've heard it a hundred times, I'm sorry, but for any new listeners, the reason I shit on liberals so much is because that's my political home. So when they're getting it wrong, it's a lot easier for me to call out. Um, but call out. Because yeah, well, Jesus, I'm close enough to Canada right now. Um, so it's funny. I'm actually closer. You are. Yeah, you're right. I'd have to, I'd have to hop across a big lake to get there right now. Um, but we, we do want to shit on the GOP tonight because we think they deserve it because Corey and I, or mostly Corey just gave a, a nice explanation for why it, it, you have to at least at a minimum take into account the merit of the argument that Roe is bad law. Okay. Whether you agree with, you don't have to agree with that. You might want Roe to stay in place. If I had my druthers, I would like it to stay in place, but I absolutely understand why it will be overturned or likely be overturned. But the GOP can't just stop with that victory, right? They can't stop there. They always have to go the extra step. We've heard Mitch McConnell saying it. We've heard various other Republicans in Congress saying it, that, that there are going to be, there's going to be a push to outright ban abortion in the United States. Now, here's why that's fucking ridiculous, even if you're a dyed-in-the-wool Republican. It is the epitome of hypocrisy. 
if it's not okay for big daddy federal government to make a law that says abortion has to be legal, it's the same fucking thing when you say abortion has to be illegal. How is mm-hmm. it different? Please make it make sense to me. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And it's and that's what fucking kills me about all of this, dude. It's like we were having the same exact argument and the retort was exactly the fucking same when it came to vaccines. The left was screaming that you need to inject yourself with a vaccine, which mean you are pro-vaccine, mm-hmm. anti-mandate. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's a very libertarian argument, Corey. Right. And so we come out and we're like, yeah, we're pro-vaccine, anti-mandate. And then people will say, yeah, but being against the vaccines, you're killing people. <laughs> and guess what? Right now, the argument about abortion, when the left says that they're pro-choice, which ultimately the vaccine thing was about choice. It was about putting that choice up to the individual. The left says, no, we're pro-choice. And the right goes, but you're killing people. It's different because they're babies. Right. And I was really, really digging deep. I couldn't find it, but I know I overheard it, but I couldn't find any like suitable, credible like sources for it. But I know Roe v. Wade was invoked by the right and talking heads when they talked about body autonomy. When it came to the vaccine mandates. Uh, and, now, and now that's just out the window. Here's a comment from uh, Shitsapu show. He's got it. Or she. I don't know what your pronouns are. So I apologize. If that's I different. Her. The Safis vibes gave us her pronouns. I, 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 don't, I don't want to hurt it. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Just re- re- Republicans say they're small government, but they want. Uh, they want so many things to be made. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you can. Exactly. You can you can extrapolate that out to, you know, that's uh, a whole stuff. you can extrapolate that out to the to the to the uh, social media arguments about how, you know, Republicans that start the or or conservatives, I should say, that start these uh, these uh, social media, these shitty social media platforms talking about free speech. But, the, you know, they want to ban cursing and they want right. to ban, uh, you know, like Trump's truth social. I, uh, uh, hey, free speech is what we're all about, but you can't shit on Trump or any of the creators. Or, right. yeah, that's not free speech. Yeah, no, the Republicans try to claim their small government unless it comes to war or anything that they're uncomfortable with. Which is a lot of things. Well, far too many <laughs> things. Yeah, Books. They don't like books. <laughs> CDs, words. <laughs> Disney <laughs> words. Yeah, they're trying to outlaw Disney. And if you like, if you even have a fucking Mickey Mouse hat, you're a groomer. Words. They're gonna make ASL the national language of the United States. You have to sign everything. <laughs> be real quiet. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I just, I just don't get it. Like, and and again, both sides and both parties are guilty of this. It's like. They can never just take a win. They have to just, they have to go the extra mile. Like I can sit there and, and look at the GOP and go, they have made me think about Roe as law more than I have ever thought about it in my 33 years of life. Because like you said, Corey, it was just something we were accustomed to. It was just there. It's like, oh yeah, it's a, abortions. Abortions are, are, you know, bad. Everybody thinks abortions are bad. Nobody wants an abortion, but like the ability to get one is a good choice for a woman. And I just never thought about Roe beyond that. Yeah, and, yeah, that's just it. Like it's like now us having a lack of du- nu- uh, uteruses. We're deuteruses without u- uteruses. Uteri. Yeah, we're deuteri without uteri. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for us to like just nonchalantly talk about it, but like it is a big deal. Like it's something that, like, like I said before, it's something that's going to be taking away the rights of millions of people. But that stroke of a pen that potentially may happen is the, the arbitrariness of it. If that's even a fucking word before that stroke of the pen happens, we've grown up with abortions being legal. Well, and you know what, you know what another thing is too, Corey, this is something I was thinking about earlier today, which is make no mistake, like the GOP and anybody that wants to make abortion illegal or even just overturn road, they're not doing it in good faith. It's it, a pander it, to their base. It, it, they're, exactly. They're not. They're, this isn't. This isn't a good. Even though. Even though it's a. This. That's what upsets me about it. Like even though Roe is a flimsy law, 
and you can make a good argument for why it should be overturned. Most of these Republicans are not, they're not doing it in good faith. They're doing it because they, they have to pander to their evangelical base and they have to, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's nothing short of a virtue signal. That's all it is. But what's the most frustrating to me about it, Dan, is their pandering was very active. And meanwhile, the Democrats' reaction to it was very passive. And while both of them are stringing along their voters uh, to get them to come out and vote on this hot topic, the Democrat or the Republicans were showing results. It took them 50 years, but they were showing results. The Democrats just kept saying, knowing what the Republicans were doing, they just kept saying, well, you better vote for us because the Republicans are trying this. Well, But they didn't do shit about it. Which is, which is why... It's it's it should be really frustrating if you're a Republican that this party can't just take a fucking win, because all you're doing now, if you're Mitch McConnell and the others that want to put forth an all out abortion ban, all you're doing is galvanizing Democrats again. You're giving them something to get more voters to the polls to say we have to stop this instead of just accepting the win you were already going to clean up in 2022. I still think they probably will. I, I but y- you've made it more difficult. On yourself. You've made it more difficult on yourself. You know, yeah. it, it's 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 just like even if that's something that you want to do. Like, can you just let this victory marinate for a little while? Right. It you- went it went really fast. From hey, we're going to make the government smaller and leave this up to the states. To all of a sudden, now we're going to make the government more bigger and oppressive really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. T- telling women that you like basically the, the argument for repealing Roe is like, hey, let's let's give it let's give it back to the states and the legislature. Let's let the people figure this out. That's what overturning Roe Which does. constitutionally is an OK argument. A hundred percent. An objective constitutional argument to say overturn Roe because it has no constitutional basis. And calling Roe as something like that, regardless of what Roe is about, calling it objectively as an overstepping bounds of a constitutional basis, then sure. But then sure. going, but then going, abortion is wrong. Well, now we have to basically take Roe and turn it on its head and make bo- abortion completely illegal. When you, yeah, on a national scale, when you already had the win, overturning Roe and trying to make the country pro-life versus pro-choice are two different things. And then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a dog that was chasing a wheel on a car that finally got a hold of it and it's blowing up in their fucking face. I love that. The car that caught the dog. The, the dog that caught the car. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. They're all of a sudden they're catching the wind. They're like, what, 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 what do we do now? I don't know. Let's ban it completely. <laughs> fucking morons. No. Shit, your your whole up. point of getting rid of Roe v. Wade was to give make the government smaller and make it to the states, which even still, that's an, that's that's an argument to be had and to, but, to extrapolate our point, Corey, pull up, pull up that Gallup poll. Since I'm only working with one screen here this evening to just show like how Americans, we talked about this a little bit last week, but just to show how Americans, you know, really feel about abortion. And to me, I've never looked at a graph that made more sense <laughs> in my entire life than this, than this graph here. I got to, I'm actually going to make my screen full so I can actually see it here. So look, look at how flatline those numbers are when it comes to legal under certain circumstances, 50, 54% in 1975 and actually down to 48% in, in 2021. You're at 21% for illegal under all circumstances and at 19% today. And then legal under circ- all circumstances has gone up from 20, 22% to 33%. But like the, the country is basically divided into thirds on this. Yeah. And so that's like, so this right here shows you that like, so this was an argument when you want to hear about an argument that's pro Roe v. Wade, that it's a precedence that got it right based on the fact that these lines right here are basically flatlined, if that makes sense. But if you're the GOP, if you look at these numbers, and you're the GOP, and you think that 19% of the country thinking abortion should be illegal under all circumstances is how you're going to, you know, help yourself clean up even more in 2022, 2024, and even going forward. 19% of the country. 19%. Yeah. 
And it's how much of that 19% do you think has a uh, expiration date in the next five years, 10 years? Oh boy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's morbid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a little morbid, but it's, it's objectively, it's a legitimate question, but that's it. Send it back to the States, take your victory. And, and, and and then the thing about the thing that makes it even more stupid, if you're the, if you're the GOP is, you can easily campaign on that. See, hey, look, we got it done. We got row repealed. We got it done. You can use that in your platform as you run for whatever election you're running for. And all of your voter voter base and maybe and, and certainly certain independents are going to look at that and go, congratulations. Now, when you extrapolate it out into wanting to basically reverse row and turn it completely on its head and go the other direction, now you You've given all of that momentum back. What the fuck are you doing? None of these parties, neither of these parties can get out of their own fucking way, dude. <laughs> they, they just can't get out of their own way. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely insane to me, dude. Like, it's... I'm so vehemently against the government trying to put their hand down a woman's pants or put their hand on anybody's body that it makes me so mad. But, like, trying to look at it, like from the political and analytical view, like the stance that we're talking about right now, the libertarian view, let's be honest. Well, no, no, I'm talking about like, if you're trying to like look, but you're talking about the GOP itself getting in the way of itself. Like if, if I were in a position to where it's like, let's say I was like in charge of a campaign or something in some sort of political stance where it's like, my main goal was to get a candidate into office for a party. Like you just said, yeah, just shut the fuck up. You already got <laughs> you won, you won, you won, you won. Shut the fuck and up. It's, and it's an election year. It's it, you, if you really want to push this, and I'll still be against, and I'll still think it's a stupid, politically strategic way of of going about things. Wait till after the twenty twenty two elections, for fuck's sake. Right? Like my god. I mean, and they will ultimately, but it's like. I know Mitch McConnell's opened his mouth on this. I know there's been others. It's just like, just keep your mouth shut. And it's just, I really want to drive the point home that right now we're pissed off more at Democrats than we are Republicans with this flimsy unconstitutional precedent being overturned that the Democrats had so many fucking chances to make this a goddamn law. Mm -hmm. And as we just discussed in the top of the show, over over repealing an amendment or an act is way fucking harder. And you have Nancy Pelosi's drunk ass going, oh, well, we better try and codify it now. Oh, course, yeah. They're acting like they're surprised. Of course, they do a vote and they lose. But that's the whole point. And you know, what's interesting about that argument, too, is like I, I was looking on Twitter and, you know, oh, you know, that, uh, that 51 percent uh, represents way fewer people than the 49 percent. And it's like, go take go back and take a high school civics class. Do you not understand how the Senate works? Every state gets two representatives. That's how we decided it. That's how we decided it in, in the Senate. And the House is what's based on population. That's how you run a representative republic. That's how it's it 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 it, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out. Oh, but they represent so many less people. I it doesn't matter. This is how our government is set up, and make them be better. That's yeah, our job. That's our job. That frustrating too. That everyone acts like they're fucking iced tea in like season nine of Special Victims Unit. They just act surprised every single time. It's actually a John Mulaney fucking joke when he talks about Ice T. And he's like, "Yeah, season nine, Ice T was still acting surprised that a little girl got raped." And they're like, "Ice T, yo, listen, we're in the special victims unit. This is what we do." And he's like, "You mean to tell me that this guy gets off on diddling kids?" And they're like, "Yeah, this Ice T, memory, this guy." <laughs> yeah, Ice T, that's <laughs> you're in the special victims district. <laughs> this is what happens. Okay, and just, yeah, and no, like please. so, it just it fucking kills me that the whole Democrats are just acting completely shocked, completely appalled that the GOP is doing this when it's like they've literally been bragging about trying to make this happen for the past fifty fucking years, and you had every single goddamn chance to make it a law, but instead, strung your voters along, vote blue no matter who because the Republicans are bad, and you didn't do shit about it. However. Corey, if you're ready to shift gears here, 
I am because I'm just getting angry. Yeah, me too. Uh, there was one particular member of the GOP that uh, did some good things in the last week. Oh, with yeah. With regards to the uh, misinformation and disinformation unit of the Biden administration. My love-hate relationship with this man. Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Look, Rand Paul, what do you hate him? I can't can't say. uh, There are some things I disagree with Rand Paul on, but I can't say that I hate him for any reason. Well, so he gets into his own head of his whole little, I'm a Republican, but I have these libertarian uh, views to where it's like he enacts his libertarian tendencies in the, the most terrible ways. Pull this down. For example, well, one of the things that all of a sudden he was just a super libertarian about decided to vote against was when like the, uh, the voting came up. So like there's in the reconciliation, there's money allotted for or in the reconciliation, like planning, there's money allotted for nine 11 survivors, right? Rand Paul votes against giving those money to nine 11 survivors. Would you say that Rand Paul is kind of the uh, the squad of the right? You know, there's kind of this He's I'm the a, outsider. I'm, yeah, I'm a libertarian, but when it when push comes to shove, I'm going to cuck out to the establishment kind of thing. No, I think that he is just living in his dad's shadow and he's trying to find ways to get around it, but he's just doing it in all the wrong ways. But he did something good this week. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and play the video, Corey. I just, I just and he did. He did do something good this week. And that's why I said it's like a hot, cold thing with him. Do we have policies? Do we have guardrails? Do we have yeah, standards? But here's the problem. Ensure? We can't I even mean, agree. We can't even agree what disinformation is. This is you well, can't even agree that it was disinformation, that the Russians fed information to the Steele dossier. If you can't agree to that, how are you ever going to come to an agreement on what is disinformation so you can police it on social media? I think you've got no idea what disinformation is, and I don't think the government's capable of it. Do you know who the greatest propagator of disinformation in the history of the world is? The U.S. government. Are you familiar with McNamara, the Pentagon Papers? Are you familiar with George W. Bush and the weapons of mass destruction? Are you familiar with Iran-Contra? I mean, think of all the debates and disputes we've had over the last... 50 years in our country, we work them out by debating them. We don't work them out by the government being the arbiter. I don't want guardrails. I want you to have nothing to do with speech. You think we can't determine, you know, speech by traffickers is disinformation? You think the American people are so stupid they need you to tell them what the truth is? You can't even admit what the truth is with the Steele dossier. I don't trust government to figure out what the truth is. Government is largely disseminating disinformation. (laughs) <laughs> his face why do we make our pillow in the shape of a cat? Uh, i don't give a fuck a, about your pillow we got an ad i need the my pillow guy up there that wasn't him but yeah look i mean look i, I think it's almost like Rand paul watches the show <laughs> <laughs> because i'm pretty sure he more eloquently than we can and without drinking a lot of beer uh pretty much said what we said uh last week when you have a a when you have the government deciding what is disinformation. I mean, that is to me, I don't understand how anybody can look at that and take it seriously, but there are, there are people who take that seriously. Yeah. And, and perfect example, as we're talking about the government spreading disinformation just today, actually 20, actually yesterday now at this point, like yesterday in a couple, like 26 hours ago or whatever, the white house made a post and it says, when President Biden took office, millions were unemployed and there was no vaccine available. In the last 15 months, the economy has created 8.3 million jobs and the unemployment rate stands at 3.6%, the fastest decline in unemployment to start a president's term ever recorded. And our man, who I would love to have on this show, Spike Cohen, said, hey, Department of Homeland Security, how do we report a tweet to your new disinformation governance board? The vaccine was available before Biden took office and Biden himself got the vaccine before he took office. And it's like, so here we are. The government is spewing its own disinformation. Can I, can I point out uh, a piece of, uh, is it, I don't know if this would be miss or dis or borderline, but the jobs thing. 
it was it That's was misinformation. Same, yeah, it was it was the same thing that I said about Trump. Right. You want to hear me shit on Trump for a second? I will. But it's going to tie into shitting on Biden, which is why we hate both fucking guys. Yeah, they're both terrible. Biden's just quieter. All the Trump people would talk about the economy. They would talk about the economy. They would talk about the economy. The economy is great. The economy is great. And look, it was fraudulently great with money being pumped in from the Fed to Wall Street. And you had and you had Donald Trump touting stock market's never been as good. This is the best stock market we've ever had. The stock market is not the economy. First of all, and he also talked about high jobs numbers, low unemployment. And yes, Donald Trump had before pre-COVID had very good jobs numbers. But it's the same thing then as it is now, which is, yes, more people are employed, more people are employed, more people. Employment should not be the fucking standard. Well, here's the thing, too, is everyone forgets this part is employment. Yeah, it's down, but employment also doesn't include people who aren't in the active workforce. And that's people that aren't looking for jobs. But now the job participation rate is at the lowest it's ever been under Trump and Biden. So, yeah, you know what? You have a a hundred million people in the country who are able to work and only 50 million of them are looking for work. Then, yeah, you can ignore the 50 million who aren't active in the job search. And then just base it off the other 50 million and then pump your numbers up based on that. Corey, the other side of that is what about the working poor that we heard Bernie Sanders talk about all the time? Being employed is one thing. Being able to live a decent life with that employment is a totally different thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me me about how many people have jobs. Yep. I'm employed. What is the median income versus cost of living? That's the number I want to know. That's the important number. And that's the number that tells you how good your economy actually is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. It's like, yeah, sure. We could have zero unemployment. But if half of those workers are working in piss poor jobs, piss poor jobs where they're making such shitty money that that half of their income is subsidized by the government, whether it's welfare, Section 8, food stamps. All those sorts of things. Is that really living the American dream? Having to live on the tit of the, uh, having to live on our tax dollars. And now that makes me sound like a Republican. Sure. But let me finish what I'm saying. We can either put legislation in to make it to where that these companies who are hiring millions and millions of people in the world, in the, in the country and pay them a decent wage to where they're footing the bill to take care of these people. Or we can continue to do what we're doing to where we subsidize these companies to where they can pay these people a subpar wages to where me and you pick up the tab. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like, sure, unemployment can be at 0%, but if half the people working are subsidized by the government because they're making such a low amount of money that they're getting WIC and all these different things, is that really the type of country that we want? And now this happened under Trump. This happened under Obama. This happened under Biden. This happened under Bush. But like, I was looking for a, I was actually, no, you're good, man. I can keep going. I just, it's just, I was trying to pull up some numbers of like how many people are, would, you know, in America could be considered working poor. It's ridiculously Uh, high. It just got based off. What is it? 70% of Americans work paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I mean, I would consider that working poor. I mean, that's maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Right. But like, no, yeah. Like if you, if you can't afford, you know, an $800 emergency, I'm sorry. Like I, I would consider maybe you have a home, maybe you have a car, you have you have a job, you have kids, you're you're feeding yourself, you're not starving, right? But that's not the American dream. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not. Everybody wants a savings account. Everybody wants to be like, oh man, if somebody gets sick, either I have good enough health insurance to cover it, or if I don't have that, at least have the money to be able to pay for whatever is needed, right? Like that's that to me is what that to me is what every American wants at bare minimum, right? Everybody wants more than that, right? Everybody wants to be rich. Of course. Uh, even the people that pretend like they don't, but yeah, it's, I, I can't, I can't find percentages. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll pull some up and maybe we can talk about this a little bit deeper next week. Um, because 
there might be a topic that we're going to get to with with union busting that that we may not get to that this will fit into. But yeah, I mean, it's anecdotally. I mean, we all know a ton of those people, Corey. I mean, you and I being. I mean, I've I've always considered myself kind of a you know lower to middle middle class guy, whether it was when I was growing up as a kid or or who I am today, but. It's we all know tons of people that, hey, dude, if somebody gets really sick or their car breaks down or whatever it is, they have no way to fix it. Yeah, everyone's walking on thin ice in the whole country. A ridiculous amount of us are literally walking on ice that's cracking beneath our feet and we're just doing our best. And like I feel that to my core because of the fact that I'm in that little that little segment that people always forget about to where it's like I don't make enough money. I don't make so much money that like money isn't a problem, but I make too much to where the government goes, Oh, well you make too much. We can't help you. And so I'm just getting fucked from both ends, especially during inflation. Like right now, 8% inflation. I'm losing money. My paycheck is getting cut. My hour, yours too. Your hour, hour, like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's paycheck is worth six to 7% less than it was a year two ago. years a year ago two years ago yeah oh we need trump back that'll fix it yep if that's your sure. opinion this probably isn't the show for you <laughs> and yeah and if you think biden's gonna fix it then this also probably isn't the show, show for you, you. <laughs> sorry give us a good review before you leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, I really only had on my wonderful vacation show here. I, I I really only had one more topic, Corey. I don't have a monologue tonight. Sorry. I've been vacationing. I don't need to I don't need to impress you people with a monologue every week. Yeah, what do we got? We got the Ukraine leak blood you Ukraine leak brags and we got uh union busting. I think we save the union busting for next week. I think I think the uh because that's a story that's not going away. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, stick around because next week we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into the fact that uh Ob- or Biden, it might be Obama. He might have been in the bunny suit. Who knows <laughs> who's right. calling the shots because we know Biden's not. Um Biden is touting being the most union president since FDR, but as Amazon is constantly breaking the law, trying to bust up the unions, not being neutral. Biden's administration just don't get Granted him a $10 billion contract to Bezos and Amazon. And yeah, the, uh, the U S postal service makes Amazon deliveries, which yep. is something put that you, I learned like a week ago. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is Biden. It's like, Oh, you did. Yeah. Obviously you don't give a fuck about unions, but just string along those votes. Vote blue, no matter who, Dan. I know, man. How obvious is it though, that the establishment wants this war in Ukraine to go on as long as possible. I think we know that from the intelligence that came out earlier this week or late last week uh, after we after we had done the show, which is basically the intelligence community uh, bragging, brag. That's what I'm, I'm just going to call it what it is: bragging about the fact that they were finding and giving intelligence to the Ukrainians with regards to positions for generals, Russian generals, uh, and also helping them take out a flagship. Now, what's interesting about this to me is the fact that uh, this war is so bad. We want it to be over, and it's all on Putin. And look, you and I make no bones about this, Corey. Yes, a lot of this is on Putin, but I live in America, and I'm going to look into what my responsibilities are or my country's responsibilities are when it comes to the war in Ukraine. And sitting there and bragging about giving the Ukrainians intelligence to me is a signal. You don't want this war to be over because it could have been over and it should have been over two weeks after it started. Because I think it's been, I think, I think Putin's made this incredibly obvious, which is that he doesn't want NATO right next door to him. And yeah, he's going to make sure that that doesn't happen by taking Eastern Ukraine. Now, The argument against that has always been, well, yeah, okay, well, yeah, well, what if, uh, 
what if uh, what if what if what if he doesn't stop in Eastern Ukraine? What if he what if he really does go for Kiev? And what if oh my God, what if he goes after Poland after that? And it's like yeah, and if you know, so so many different scenarios that we can yeah. say whatever about. Yeah, we've snuck our way into another war under the yeah. eyes of Congress, and they didn't do shit about it. And instead, they decided to just see dollar signs from their from their uh, campaign coffers and just go along with the flow. And like at first, like if you listen to the rhetoric, if you remember the rhetoric right when this first started, we were like, oh, we don't want war with Russia. And then it goes to what you're saying that our uh, intelligence is literally just outright bragging about how we're sharing intelligence with Ukraine. That's led to the killing of a bunch of Russian generals and the flagship Mus- Muscov. The Russian ship, I think it's called Muscov, that got sunk in the middle of the Black Sea. And I had this video, Dan. We were actually looking for it a little bit ago uh, when we were doing our show prep. And I figured I'd share it with you as a Go kind ahead. of a surprise because we I've couldn't find this. it. But here's Seth Moulton, a Democrat. I only have 10 seconds left uh, for each of you, if you could. But if they wrap this in the Senate uh, with a Ukraine funding and a COVID funding, you guys OK with that, Congressman Moulton? Look, I'm going to support it because it's the right thing to do for Ukraine. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of politics involved and there will be domestic debates here at home about other policies and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we've got to realize we're at war and we're not just at war to support the Ukrainians. We're fundamentally uh, at war, although it's somewhat through a proxy with Russia. And it's important that we win. Congressman Turner. So there you go. Have it. That's not just such a saying it. We're at war with Russia. Seth Moulton said so. But nobody and, no, and nobody asks why. You know, nobody oh, it's just that's just the case and we just we, we have to win. You haven't won a war since 1945, you assholes. No, Korea we technically kind of won. Nope, no, nope. peninsula split, Corey. Didn't win that war. You're probably right. The peninsula yeah, didn't right, win that war. We didn't, didn't win Vietnam, right. didn't win either, didn't win either. Goddamn Chinamen came in from the north and started to ah, try to man. fight us. Cause we, cause Stop. At least we McCar- was it McCarthy? Yeah, it was McCarthy who was a pretty decent general in the Asia Pacific world war two. But then, yeah, he just let a bunch of his shoulders accidentally cross the Chinese border. And I love that too. It's like the, the word war just being thrown around so nonchalantly. Like we actually haven't been to war on an official level since world war two. The United that, States has not, never declared war since world nope, war. Nope. Nope. Uh, I think the Iraqi wars were both voted on in Congress. One based on false pretenses, the other one based on there, there, there was never any an official declaration of war in either one. Does this none of them. None of them. Because I know what I know they were voted on actually by Congress, but it wasn't an actual official declaration of war. It was about, if I remember correctly, and any listener can correct me on this, and maybe we'll do sloppy seconds on this next week. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was a presidential decision to go into Iraq and it was a congressional vote to stay, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that makes sense. But it was never an official congressional declaration of war. Because there was votes because we we actually bring up like the voting, you know, for Operation Iraqi Freedom and, uh, the first uh, desert storm because that's one thing that Biden voted on for both. But I think you're right. I think like, I, well, shit was it? I think operation Iraqi freedom was a war that was voted on, but under false pretenses. No, a military operation is not the same as an official declaration. Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's equivalent to a police action. Yeah. It's a police action. But Putin We're not going Putin. to war. It's just a police action. We're just <laughs> we're just trying to make sure there's peace in the world. But there you have it. I mean, that's that's the red, that's that's the rhetoric. We are at war with Russia. You understand how fucking dangerous of a thing that is to say? Sending a bunch of twenty year olds. This is these are just our, to fly around each other with a bunch of weapons. What could possibly go wrong, Dan? These are our these are our representatives doing this shit, saying these things. Yeah. And you know Kremlin's listening. Our our 
Disinformation Governance Board may have blocked any sort of Russian news to us, but you know that the Russians are using that type of those sound bites for their people. You know they are. You know that that I guarantee you that that sound bite was shared in Russia. Going, hey, here goes the West. They don't like us. Well, you would think so because I mean I know that wasn't Tucker Carlson's show, but they do love Tucker Carlson. So you you got to imagine they're paying pretty close attention to what Fox Fox News is saying. If they're paying people millions of dollars to make fake accounts on Facebook just to talk shit and get everyone riled up in America, you don't think they're paying someone to sit there and watch Fox News twenty four seven? I don't know, man. But but after after this this little brag by the intelligence community. Uh, by our own senators saying we're 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 at war with we are we are at war with Russia and we need to win. I really really want to see what Raytheon's quarterly numbers look like coming up here. They're probably gonna go up. But what's interesting too is like we act like Russia doesn't know how we work and what we do. Oh, you could argue they know how and we work. Far yeah, their intelligence agency. We know how they work. Yeah, their intelligence agency already said. Yeah, we knew that America was involved but that's not just like but they for some reason they're like that's not going to stop us achieving victory which i don't even know what victory you know why you know why because they also know while knowing that they also know that we're not actually going to put dip our toe in the water we're no No. and and we and, and we shouldn't and at least god damn it i hope we don't yeah all it's gonna take though dude is us they just we're just russia's just letting us just keep moving like we're we're basically bragging about how we're involved now. Like, just, what's next? Just keep nudging that envelope a little bit closer to the edge of the table. Yeah. Just keep nudging that envelope. You know what's going to happen? Eventually, that envelope's going to fall. That envelope's going to fall. World War Three starts. And then we are actually... Now, that's not fear-mongering. I'm not saying nuclear war, but we're on the cusp of World War Three. No, it doesn't necessarily mean nuclear war, but, like, do you want to be at war with another nuclear power no no in, i can't say i do dan in no world in no world is that a, a a fun idea but don't worry because everyone's distracted <laughs> by roe v wade <laughs> keep everyone at home fat and sassy <laughs> while we're on the cusp of the world ending you are you are so not you are so not wrong. Do you, <laughs> you, you have anything else you want to talk about? I think we kind of pretty much covered everything we wanted to, didn't we? A little bit of an abbreviated episode tonight. I, you'll have to forgive me. By a half hour, because yeah. you're in Traverse City drinking wine and... Lots of beer. Yeah, lots of beer. <laughs> that oh, has yeah. double the ABV that you thought. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, I got to go... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go eat some jerk chicken. And then drink uh, more beer. And then drink more beer and smoke more cigars. That's what we do. That's what we do. I'm going to go drink some beer, too. Enjoy that beer. I'm going to do my best. Actually, you know what I'm going to do right now? Just because... So it's Left-Handed Brewing Company. And this is the Flamingo Dreams Berry Blonde. Now, if any of our listeners... The reason why I'm saving this can for right now is because it's... If you're an avid beer drinker like Dan and I are, then you're going to know what this sound means. And I'm going to explain it after. But this is why I love these type of beers so much, and it's because of this right here. Ooh. Is it nitro? Yeah, it's a nitro. Yeah, you know I that thought, sound. I thought I heard that nitro sound. It's a berry blonde nitro ale, and I couldn't recommend this one enough. You got to pour hard. Look at that froth. Oh. Look at that froth. It's such a good beer, Dan. I don't know if you're gonna be able to find it up there or not, but it's a good probably beer. not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna not stand up until after I turn the cameras off because you just gave me an erection. There you go. That nitro stout. All right, guys. Tell the people where they can find us. The Observative Podcast can be found on all your favorite podcasts and social media platforms. We are on Twitter and it's Instagram at Libservative Pod. We are on Twitch at Libservative. We are on Facebook at Libservative. Reach out to us directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. You can find our blogs where we can write our monologues, which Dan so irresponsibly didn't write this week because he's on vacation. Hey. At LibservativePod at Be happy G- I'm here. Yeah, LibservativePod at WordPress.com. 
Um, like, follow, share, and subscribe. Give us some ratings on the uh, whatever your choice of podcast platform is. That helps us boost it up and helps more people hear this conversation. We like to uh, hang out in the world of nuance and have good conversations. So if you like that, tell a friend where you heard anything you're talking about from us on this show. And <laughs> you come hang been- out. And he, for in the meantime, he's been Dan Griffin. And he's been Corey Walsh. This has been Libservative, and we are out of here. <laughs>